Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. Amen. Amen. In in, uh, pre-service prayer, we were talking about how we felt uh, just uh, that God wanted to give us joy, 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 joy. And I think that the joy of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Um, And so I'm going to be preaching tonight on kingdom authority. And uh, we've been going through our seven cultural beliefs. And I wanted to kind of recap them because, again, uh, I've learned, I've been a teacher before uh, in schools and things, and I understand how we learn. We learn by repetition. We learn by repetition. We learn by repetition. How do we learn? By repetition. There you go. See, you learned. Aren't you glad you came tonight? You learned that you learned by repetition. Awesome. Praise God. Well, kingdom authority, um, God's goodness is number one. It's found in Psalm 100, and again, I'm just going to give you the scripture references. For those of you that have a bulletin, it is on the bulletin, okay? And so uh, God's goodness is Psalm 100, verses 4 through 5. Identity, I noticed that I didn't write down uh, the address of where it was found. It says uh, 8, 14 through 17. So just go from Genesis through Revelation, and you will find somewhere in chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, it talks about identity. Uh, actually, I was going to have some of, but somebody look it up, uh, the one that I forgot. Uh, it's identity. It's the first scripture on, on identity. What, what book of the Bible is it in? Oh, Romans. There we go. There we go. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, and also 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And again, I'm going through this really fast because it's in your bulletin, but I just wanted to, if you're taking notes and maybe you don't have a bulletin, you can write it down and you can look these up. And then we're focusing on kingdom authority, but again, I just wanted to go through all of them so we can kind of get them stuck into our brain. Uh, it's a good thing. Relationships, again, relationships are the highest priority, uh, is Romans chapter 12, verse 10, and Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. And then I'll try not to go too fast, because I know some of you, I had a professor in college, uh, you had to write really quick, because he talked really quick. And, uh, you know, all of us, as we upperclassmen, uh, we would, he would come in in the morning and he would say, good morning. All the underclassmen, the freshmen would say, good morning. All of us that knew him, we'd write down good morning because we knew that we had to strap in and get ready. Uh, anyway, Matthew chapter 5, verses 30, 23 through 24. Number four was presence focused. We value the presence of God, like tonight. Uh, wasn't that awesome? You know, the reality is, is I don't know about you, but I felt and sensed that the worship team has been digging deep wells. It's not that they're standing up there to work something up. They've been spending time in the Lord's presence. You can tell. You can tell, every one of them. You could feel it and sense it, that they're spending time with the Lord, that close, intimate Shutting away with God time, amen? I don't know if you felt it, but I I could tell. I could tell just by uh, just the presence of God, not just the presence of God, but just the worship and being led by God. It was just so awesome. So presence-focused is Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, and 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 14. 
Kingdom authority, guess what? I'm not going to give you the scriptures because I'll give them to you in just a little while. So I'll skip that one because that's the one we're talking about. Number six is generosity, which is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And Luke 6, 38. And Proverbs 21, verse 26. Uh, oh, there's quite a few more. Okay, I'm sorry. Proverbs 3, 27. Proverbs 28, 27, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Do you realize that when we give and we're generous, we're a lot like God, we're a lot like Jesus? God so loved the world that he gave, amen. And then James chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. And then the last one of our seven cultural beliefs, number seven, is spiritual maturity. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 28. So our focus tonight is on kingdom authority. In April, I am getting ready to go to the Caribbean, to Jamaica and Antigua, and going to preach in some uh, crusades in the Caribbean. Now, I've been told that when I preach in Jamaica and in the Caribbean, I preach a little bit different. I'm not quite so reserved. You might think I'm not reserved, but I'm reserved right now compared to the Caribbean. And so, uh, how many of you would like me to preach Jamaican tonight? All right. All right. Now, I need Nikki to help me. Come on up here, Nikki. Because I want you to hear a Jamaican prayer, and that'll get me fired up and ready to preach Jamaican. Okay, Nikki, come on up here. All right. So, I'm going to have her pray over the service. And uh, again, don't hold back. Pray Jamaican. Okay? All right. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we welcome you in this place, O oh God. We ask you to take over. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you will speak, Lord God Almighty, and that we will hear you. We ask that your kingdom come and your will be done. We command everything that's not of you to go. We command distraction, Lord Jesus. We command every word, O oh God, that will stand against your word, O oh God, to leave, O oh God. Father, your word is truth and your word is revelation. We pray, Lord, that we'll take the power and the authority that you've delegated to us, O oh God. And when we can't handle it, Lord God, we know we can escalate it to you, Almighty God. You have the authority and the dominion over all, Lord Jesus, creation and the universe. And everything must bow in the name of Jesus. We command anything that's not of you to bow in Jesus' mighty name. We ask the Holy Spirit that you take over. Take over, Lord God. You started in the worship, oh God. Don't stop. Keep doing it, Lord. Keep doing it, oh God. Keep showing up, oh God. Show us your glory. Let not one of us, oh God, leave it out, oh God, knowing your authority that you have given us us, knowing the authority that you have, that you have the last say and the final word. And oh God Almighty, Lord Jesus, let every dead thing arise, oh God. We call forth, Lord Jesus, your children to arise. We call you to your dormancy in Jesus' mighty name. And we say God has given you authority and dominion to subdue nation, to possess your possession, to go forward and trample upon scorpions and lions, and nothing might dare harm you in Jesus' mighty name. Father, Lord God, 
God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Take authority. Take over in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So our focus tonight is on kingdom authority. And before we talk about kingdom authority, let's focus a little bit on the kingdom. Now, we've already been kind of prepped in the sense that uh, Glenn, before he left, preached on the kingdom. And Jack has talked on the kingdom. We've talked a lot about the kingdom. But again, if we're talking about kingdom authority, there's a lot of types of authority. There's parental authority. There's the authorities that we're supposed to answer to within the government or pray them out of office. Amen. You know, there's those authorities that are over us that sometimes uh, we wonder why they have the authority. But the reality is, is we are under authority. So the reality with this idea uh, of authority is we know that uh, that. The idea of kingdom is, Jack said it many times, it's the king's domain. And so God made the universe on a planet uh, called Earth in a universe that he created that uh, beings that were created in the image of God gave them the honor of making an impact on God's creation. That's you and I. So we are partnering with God to build the kingdom. Amen. Now, when we talk kingdom, many times people think of the church as the kingdom. But guess what? The church is not the kingdom. Somebody must wait a minute. The church is a portion of the kingdom, but it's not all the kingdom. Okay? It's just a small sliver of the pie or the pizza. Amen. I've been thinking about pizza. There's this uh, Lone Elder pizza in Canby. Man, they pile it about that high. I've been thinking about it. I, I didn't have enough time, but on my way here, I thought of, of uh, talking to the, the uh, uh, sound techs and the video techs and seeing if they could play that song, uh, Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, eat it, eat it. Anyway, uh, that's kind of my sense of humor. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. But the king's domain is, is again, it's, it's everything that God made, and uh, he's in charge, and uh, he's God, and we're not. Amen. He's sovereign. That's a, a big word, sovereign. It means, again, he's in charge, and we're not. That's what the word sovereign means. So God's instructions are for us as humans to be fruitful to multiply and to fill the earth and to not simply wander about the earth, but it's all about establishing uh, a flourishing human culture here on earth. Amen. Now, many years ago, uh, kind of the old wineskin was God created us to fly one day to go to be with him. And uh, this world, I mean, you know, I mean, I still believe in the rapture. It's not that I don't believe in the rapture, but I am not setting up on a roof in my rapture clothes waiting for Jesus to come. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming one day, but I'm going to make sure that if my children and their children and their children are here on earth and Jesus hasn't come back yet, that the kingdom is going to be established right here on earth. It's about the generations. It's about leaving a legacy. It's not just about, well, we're going to be out of here so we don't have to care for the earth. Again, I know that there's those that go to the extreme of hugging trees and Mother Earth and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. But again, 
again, to be a good steward of what God's put us in charge of. Uh, like I just got back from elk hunting, and that's why I have this beard. And so when I get an elk, uh, I didn't get one. My buddy did, and we helped pack it out. But when I get an elk, guess what? I don't eat the heart and liver, but I give it to people that do. I take the skin. I take it in. I have, you know, There's a place that makes gloves out of deer and elk hides and things like that. I, I try to be a good steward of what... I don't just go out and just show, oh, there's, there's something. Let's kill it. You know, I don't do that because, again, God has given us dominion, but dominion is not just going around and saying, well, hey, I'm in charge and I'm large and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. When you have been delegated authority comes great responsibility. So we have a responsibility to take care of the earth and not dirty up. It bugs me when I'm out in the wilderness and you see people's wrappers all over the place. Come on, this is the world that God created for us to enjoy, so let's not mess it up, okay? Again, that's not my message, but you know what I'm saying? this idea that it doesn't matter, it's all going to burn anyway, and we're going to fly and be with Jesus, so we don't have to look out for the next generation or the next generation or the next, that's, that's pretty selfish. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that's pretty selfish. We have to leave this world a better place than when we were here. Amen? Amen? Can you say amen? All right. So, God's instructions were for us to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth and to not simply wander about the earth, but to establish in a flourishing culture. Every kingdom has a culture. So we have our culture, and we try to model it according to kingdom principles. But there are rules, there are rights, and there are expectations. Some things are written down. There's laws that tell us what we can and can't do. But sometimes within kingdoms and cultures within kingdoms, there are things that are just expected that aren't written. How many of you know that there are unwritten rules? Okay. Now, it doesn't say on the wall right back there, no spitting, but you wouldn't come up here and hawk up a loogie and spit it on the floor. Well, I don't think you would. Because there's an unwritten rule that you don't do that. That's just not appropriate, okay? We don't have to write on a sign to say, do not spit in the sanctuary, okay? We just understand that that's not what we do. It's an unwritten rule. Well, within the kingdom, there's things that are written down. We know that we shouldn't fornicate. We know that we shouldn't steal. We know we shouldn't lie. We know we shouldn't. There's certain things, you know, the Ten Commandments. Again, the Ten Commandments, even though it's Old Testament, yeah, it's still good to follow the Ten Commandments. So there's certain things that are written down, but there's other things that are implied, or there's other things, maybe they're not written, but we can know the heart of God. And so we know that there's certain things that we should and shouldn't do. Years ago, we, we, we had a list of, of things, and it was holiness. Holiness is I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't hang with girls that do. And so that was holiness. Or you don't go to bowling alleys because people gamble in bowling alleys, and they smoke in bowling alleys, so you don't go to bowling alleys. Or play cards because people gamble when they play cards. You see what I'm saying? I mean, we can, but we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say there's no such thing as holiness. Again, this is not my message, but I'm just kind of being led by the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you that 
each one of us, within our culture, there's certain cultural norms and things like that. So building the kingdom with the king is, to be honest, the most exciting, purpose-filled existence a human being can have. If you are bored as a Christian, then you are not engaged in building the kingdom. I can just say it. Because if you're building the kingdom, it's exciting. It is exciting. Christianity is exciting. But if you just come to, and again, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm not trying to, to be mean or anything like that. But I'm just telling you, if you just come to church and sit there and then go home, and you come to church and you sit there and you go home, and that's the existence of your Christianity, that is pretty boring. But when you are stepping out and you're praying and you're interceding and you're involved in the kingdom, and it, when I say kingdom, again, remember, the kingdom church is this much of the kingdom. There's the education system. There's family. There's government. There's, there's business. That, that's all kingdom. What you are doing day in, day out, whether you realize it or not, is kingdom. Do you realize that? What you're doing day in, day out, you might say, kingdom, all I do is go to work and go home. Go to work and go home. Go to, well, it can be kingdom if you understand it as kingdom. I remember years ago, I worked in a sawmill. I'd just gotten out of Bible college, and I was working in the sawmill, and I used to talk to God, and I would talk to God about working, and these, these were my words. I hate to say it, but these were my words. I hate working in this stinking sawmill. That's what I used to say to God. I hate working in this stinking sawmill. But you know what happened is God got a hold of my heart. And I began to see it as my mission field. And I began to pray with some of the guys because it was around the first Persian Gulf War. And some of the guys were in the reserves and they were getting called up and they were scared to death about going off to war. They thought they were just signing up for the reserves. They didn't think they'd have to go overseas and fight in a war. And so they would come to me and even though they were giving me a bad time and they would call me preacher boy and, and they would say, hey, John, look. And I'd turn and I'd look and they'd hold up like a Playboy centerfold and stuff like that. And it's like, Man, what are you guys doing? I mean, they would give me a bad time all the time. Well, some of those same guys were giving me a bad time. All of a sudden, uh, they'd pull me aside, and they'd have like a tear in their eye and say, you know, can you pray for me? I'm kind of scared. I'm getting ready to go off to war. And I'd say, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I pray for you. Yeah. It's like, no, get down on your knees and repent, you know, because I, you know, dangle them over hell with a, a rotten stick. No, I didn't do that to them. But the reality is there was a shift in my mindset. I began to see what I was doing as kingdom. It wasn't working in a stinking sawmill, but it was God placed me there for a ministry to those guys that I was working with. And later on, years ago, I had one of the guys that was a forklift operator uh, that would pick up the loads and take them over to the planer and things like that. He had a big, long beard. Well, I didn't recognize him because he was clean-shaven. And he said, John? And I said, yeah. And he said, I remember you. And he said, do you remember me? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, I, would, I drove the forklift. And I was like, oh, Nathan, yeah, I remember you. And so we started talking. He said, man, we used to give you a bad time. And he said, you know what? I wanted to tell you I'm a Christian today because I saw every single, everything that they flung at you. You just smile and you just love, and you just love Jesus in spite of everything that we did to you. And so, you know what? You just never know. Kingdom can be right where you are. It doesn't have to be 
going off to the mission field, unless, unless that's what you're called to. It could be on the job. It could be in the education system. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your, in your kitchen. Do you realize that you can be a kingdom cook and cook for the kingdom of God? Amen. Bake cookies. Take them around the neighborhood and just say, I just, you know, I'm, I, I just love Jesus and I just want to tell you uh, that God loves you. Here's some cookies. Amen. That's kingdom. Amen. We have to, we, we have to get out of this idea that, that up here, that this is ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, again, this is one part of the kingdom, but this is not everything. Because guess what? You need people to preach to. You need people to give. You need people to be involved in the different ministries and children's ministry and all the different ministries. It, it takes every one of us stepping into the destiny of what God has called us to do. So stop comparing, if you are, stop comparing yourself to the person next to you or somebody else saying, well, I wish I could preach like them or I wish I could teach like them. I wish I could sing like them. I wish I could play an instrument like them. What can you do? God isn't asking you what can't you do for the kingdom. He already knows what you can't do. He's asking you tonight, what can you do for the kingdom of God? Are you an intercessor? Raise your hand if you're an intercessor. Amen. Intercessors, many times, they're behind the scenes. You do not see them, but guess what? They are impacting the kingdom. Amen? Can you say amen? Amen. So, Building the kingdom with the king is the most exciting, purpose-filled existence that a human being can have. So, uh, I already mentioned there's the seven mountains. I didn't really use the word seven mountains, but basically, uh, 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 Lauren Cunningham with Youth with a Mission and others have basically had the revelation all around the same time that there's these areas of society that we should influence. Uh, we have the religion area, which is, again, church and parachurch ministries. We have the family we have government, including the military. We have education and media and arts and entertainment and business. More and more, we're having young people that feel called to the art and entertainment industry. And uh, where, like in Hollywood, there are, there's uh, like revival going on. If you haven't heard about it, talk to people. There's a group at Bethel that that's what their, their core is, is about arts and entertainment. And so there are uh, some top actors and actresses and, and top musicians that, if I mentioned their name, you would know who they are, that have been saved recently. And again, it's just not made public. Uh, but I've heard some of the, the names, and it's like, wow, you know. And so again, I don't know if we're being recorded. So I, I, just, I just want to be sensitive to those things because, you know, something like that could just like, you know, yeah, whether you're for or against or it doesn't matter. But the reality is God is on the move. God is on the move. He's doing some great things. So that's enough about kingdom. Now let's look at kingdom authority, all right? So when we're talking about kingdom authority, we're talking about impacting and affecting all levels of society, every sphere of influence. And so let's look uh, the, to the scriptures that are listed on the uh, fifth one, which is kingdom authority. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Uh, guess what? This is in red letters. For those of you that are maybe new Christians, that means that that's what Jesus said. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Again, red letters. That's Jesus speaking. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Just read through all the red letters? Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, there was a song by DC Talk, Red Letters, I think. Anyway, 
uh, or Toby Mac, one of those. So, and he said to them, again, this is Jesus, red letters, as you go into all the world. Now, let me stop there. He didn't say, if you go into all the world. He says, as you go. So it's already assumed that we're supposed to go to all the world and preach the gospel. Now, let me ask you, is each one of us, every one of us, called to go? Okay, I believe that we're all called to go wherever he's called us to go, but not everybody's called overseas, but we can be praying, we can be giving, we can be going. Every single one of us, I believe, should be involved in the Great Commission. And again, it does start right here where we are. I don't believe that God sees foreign missions and home missions. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's like, well, we need to focus on home. Well, we need to focus over here, over in Africa and other countries. Well, it's not either or. It's both and. It's the world. That's always been God's intention is the entire world, and that should be our intention. So if you can't physically go, get on your knees. Pick a country as God leads you and begin to pray for that country. God will reveal things to you about the leadership of that country and how to pray for that country, okay? So, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wondrous news of the gospel to the entire human race. And this is uh, from the Passion Translation. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Amen. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Woo, think about that. And Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do. Think about that. To do greater things than Jesus? How is that possible? I always wondered that. But think about it. Jesus, he was Jesus incarnate. In other words, he was Jesus in flesh. He was one person. Uh, again, some, some of you might say, well, yeah, but he was God. Well, yes, he was God. But look at Philippians 2.7. Philippians 2.7 is he gave up certain attributes. He couldn't be everywhere at once. He wasn't all-knowing. When they asked him about his return, he said, only the Father in heaven. Now, he knows now because he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But at the time, he wasn't all-knowing. Everything that Jesus did when he was here on earth, he did in tune with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit in everything that he did. I don't know about you, but that encourages me because everything he did, he did as a human in touch with the Father. So that encourages me. It's like, wow. Because I, I looked at when I first got saved, well, yeah, he's Jesus. So he just goes around, poof, Lazarus, be healed. Poof, you know, I mean, not just healed, but raised from the dead. You know, and, and blind eyes, you know, well, I'm Jesus and I'm the Son of God. Well, again, yes, he never ceased being the Son of God. But again, Philippians 2, 7, he gave up willingly those divine attributes. So, 1 John 4, 17, it says, all that Jesus now is, so are we in the world. 
the Father, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I now send you. Think about that. The same way that the Father said, hey, we have a plan. We're going to send Jesus to go to represent the Father. Now, he said, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Do you realize you are a representation of who God is? You're supposed to reflect who God is. I know we don't always do a very good job, do we? I know I don't. Sometimes I do, but other times not so much. Maybe I had a bad day or something like that or, you know. Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8. Again, he says, and as you go, again, there it is again. It's assumed that you're, you're going to go. It's not if you go, but as you go. As you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm in, uh, uh, access, is accessible. It's close enough to touch. I'm going to read that again. I know I'm kind of spitting on the mic. <laughs> As you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break off deme- demonic powers from people and raise the dead back to life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. And then the last scripture under that one is Matthew chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. There is no need to imitate them. Well, if I looked at the context, and the them is talking about Gentiles or non-believers. So there's no need to imitate those people that don't know God. Okay, there's no need to imitate them. Since your father already knows what you need before you ask him, pray like this. Our beloved father dwelling in heavenly realms. I know some of you that memorize King James, it's like this is, this is a different translation because I know that I, I memorized mostly when I got saved in King James and then NIV. So, this, of course, this is the Lord's Prayer. Uh, for those of you who didn't pick up on it. Our beloved Father, dwelling in heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center of which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. So we partner with the Holy Spirit in helping to establish the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So he's given us power and authority. And do you realize that Power and authority go together. This is an illustration I've shared before. So if you've been around for a while, I know you've heard this. But power and authority are likened to a badge and a gun. Okay? Power and authority. Power is the gun and the authority is the badge. All right? So if you have somebody come to your door and they knock on your door and they have a gun and you say, let me in and you don't see a badge or you don't see you know, a, a search warrant or anything in their hand, you're going to say, no way, I'm in my house and I have my gun too. I'm not letting you in because they're probably a thief or a robber, right? So if they have the gun but no badge, then they're a thief or a robber or they're somebody that's trying to take advantage of you and you're not going to let it happen because you understand, no, you have a gun, so what? I'm not going to let you in my house, all right? So, but if somebody comes to your door and they knock on the door, and they have a badge and a gun and a search warrant in their hand, and they knock on the door and say, let me in, you're going to let them in. Why? Because they have the power, the gun, and they have the authority, 
Now, again, we can talk a little bit later about how that sometimes people with a badge and a gun take advantage of the authority, uh, and that, that's a lesson for us as Christians. Just because we have the badge and gun doesn't mean we should go around wielding it and, and you know, doing everything. We have to be led by God, amen? We have to follow the laws of the kingdom, uh, or we're a bad cop, because we have the badge and gun, we're trying to take advantage of it for our own purposes. Again, the question is, is are you using the badge and the gun for your own purposes or for his purposes? Amen? If it's his purposes, then the badge and the gun that we have, that we've been given, that we've been delegated, it's a delegated authority. If somebody in authority, do you realize that you are an ambassador for Christ? An ambassador is somebody that speaks for somebody else, but it carries all the weight of that other person. So when one of our ambassadors goes to another country, let's say they're going to Russia or China or some other place, what they're doing is they're speaking for the leaders, the leader of the nation on their behalf. So they can't just go and say whatever they want, can they? No, they can't say whatever they want. They're supposed to say what the leader is telling them to say, correct? So you are an ambassador for Christ. And so when you speak, you should be speaking the words that God has placed in your mouth. Again, we might talk about prophecy. We might talk about words of knowledge and things like that. But again, talking about God's love and talking about speaking. Do you realize you can, we talk about calling out gold, the gold within our community. Do you realize you can call out the gold of non-Christians? You might say, well, wait a minute, but they don't even know Jesus. Guess what? They were created in the image of God. And if you find them doing things that look like God and you call it out, many times that causes them to rise up and step into their destiny of really, truly who God created them to be. Amen? Amen. I hope you're getting this, that we have a a chance to make a, a difference in this world, to influence and to shift atmospheres and make a difference. We represent Jesus here on earth as ambassadors, as representatives, and so we're commissioned to operate under the same power and authority to usher in the kingdom of God. Now, we do not have all power and all authority. God has all power and all authority. Because when he speaks, he speaks from a position of being God. And so if he speaks it, we know that it's going to happen. Now, how many of you know that you can take your power and authority and you can, again, use it incorrectly? I talked earlier about the bad cop. He has the badge and the gun, but he's using it for his own, you know, he's using it to, and again, I don't think there's too many bad cops, but there's maybe some, out, maybe New York and other places, not in Oregon, you know. But what they do is, is they might line their own pockets uh, to, you know, because they're taking advantage of They're taking the drug money from the drug dealers and putting it in their own pocket. Again, that's the wrong use of their power and authority. And it happens all the time, even in the kingdom. Do you realize this, that every single thing that we do should be in conjunction with what God is calling us to do? We don't want to get out of the will of God. Here's an ex- example of what I'm talking about. We have power and authority, correct? Yes? Would you say yes? Okay. All right. But there was a well-meaning lady in one of the churches that I used to be a a youth pastor at years ago, or actually I was a children's pastor, then later a youth pastor later on. But at this church, she was firmly believing and trusting God. She was praying that the devil would be saved. Yeah, 
Because guess what? She believed in prayer. She was a prayer warrior, and she believed that prayer made a difference, which it does. But what's wrong with this picture of praying for the devil to be saved? Come on, help me out. Yeah, he's already been condemned. Again, what does the word say about the devil? What's his end? Yeah, he's going to be kicked into the lake of fire. So to pray for the devil, you can pray so sincerely and with fervency, and you can do all these prayers, and guess what? It's not going to happen. I don't care how much power and authority you have. If you pray out of the will of God, it's not going to happen. We're not that, we're not God. We're not big enough to do what we want to do. We have to do what our, we have to use our power and authority in conjunction with what God is doing. If God says, I want you to go lay hands on that person and I want to heal them, you better be obedient. You better do it and pray in faith, believing that God will raise them up. And some of you might say, well, wait a minute, but didn't we pray for Sarah and she wasn't healed? Well, again, God revealed to me and through dreams and visions and different things that that wasn't God's will, but also that wasn't Sarah's will. Doesn't it make sense that if God on earth gives us free will, that in heaven we have free will? You might say, well, where's the scriptural reference for that, that there's free will in heaven? I'll tell you. Satan and the fallen angels. Because they were created and they were worshiping God, they were angels, and they decided if God did not give the angels free will, again, God is really big on free will. God is big on free will. He gives us free will. He's given the angels free will. And so it's up to us to say, okay, am I going to uh, do my own thing with this power and authority thing, or am I going to do God's will? Again, Please, 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 don't look at God as a big, mean, angry God in the sky. And if you say yes to him, he's going to send you to Africa. And I don't like bugs and snakes, so I'm not going to say yes to God because he'll send me to Africa and I don't like bugs and snakes. Come on, that's not the God that we serve. Again, there's times he's going to ask you to do things that you don't want to do. There's times he's going to ask you to sacrifice. There's times he's going to ask you to fast when you don't feel like fasting. There's times when it's going to hurt you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but God doesn't go around saying, well, I'm going to mess with them. You know, I know that they don't really like to do this, so that's what I'm going to have them go do. Amen. That's not the God we serve. With power and authority also comes great responsibility. Jesus said, from everyone who has been given much, much will be required. Whew. I don't know about you folks, but listen to me. We grew up in America. We grew up teething on Bibles, most of us. How many Bibles? You might have 10 Bibles, 12 Bibles in, my, in your house. I know I do. I have a set of commentaries. I have this, that, that. I have so much Bible knowledge that sometimes people in other countries, so guess what? I believe us in America, come on, I know this is a hard message, but I believe we're going to be held more severely than that person over in a, some other country that's just old, whole, heard about Jesus for the first time. So I believe this, that God has a purpose for every one of us. God has instituted his authority, but we have the responsibility to use that authority to fulfill his purpose. 
When he sees you stepping out in obedience to fulfill his purpose, then he says, okay, I can trust them now. They've got it. They understand that it's not just about them. It's about the kingdom. And some people have said, well, why is it overseas that we see more miracles and we don't see many miracles in America, as as many as other places? Well, sometimes I think it's because we don't need a miracle. Yeah, it's like when you're in a position where you need God and you cannot do it without God, and again, some of us, you know, We've all probably been there from time to time where you're on your knees and you're crying out to God because you can't pay your bills or which bill do I pay, which one do I not pay or, or different situations with sickness, different... I mean, I have felt the closest to God during those low times than ever before because guess what? I'm so close to him, I'm talking to him and not only that, but I'm relying on him. It's not like, I got this, God. You just stay up there in heaven and I got this. But it's like, God, I need you so desperately. I need you so desperately. So if you're not doing your best to fulfill his purpose instead of your own purpose, then you're probably not going to see a full release of his power and authority. When was the last time that any of us did, and I'm speaking to myself, when was the last time that we did anything that we really couldn't do it without God's help? Again, we, we've got this. I made the mistake um, when I was in Jamaica. I pioneered a church in Jamaica. And uh, again, I sought the Lord, and I had this book, and I was following the book, and I was going through these scriptures, and I was studying, and I was fasting, and I was praying. And I went in, we were able to start the church. And so uh, we ended up going to the island of Antigua to start a church. And so I was going through exactly what I did in Jamaica, and uh, we held crusades, and we had all these people getting saved, but when it came time to switch from crusades to a church service, uh, we had Sarah, David, Philip, and the lady that was sent way back, you know, months ago to work with us, and that was it. And so I was discouraged, and I went to God, and I said, God, I don't understand. What's going on? And guess what he said? You didn't ask me. I just went through the motions. I know how to do this. I know how to plan a church. Well, I, I, I sought the Lord the first time, and so I, I thought, I got this thing. I know how to do this. No, I failed miserably. And then finally, I went to my knees, and I said, okay, God, it was a totally different way. Guess what? I don't think there's any coincidence when God talks about fishers of men. If you're a fisherman, you can't always use the same bait. Amen. You always have to. Maybe it's a different depth. You have to look at the barometric pressure. You have to look at the, the, the warmth of the water. I mean, there's so many factors. And you're only going to know that by spending time with God. Amen. What time are we supposed to end? I'm sorry. 8.30. Okay, I, we're good. Woohoo! I was thinking I, was, I went over. Okay. So d- delegated authority... They su- surrendered their place of authority to, uh, to the devil. Okay, think, think about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were given dominion, power, and authority. And so what they did is they basically gave it away, or the devil usurped it or took it. And so then he, the devil, possessed that authority and dominion that was formerly man's. In Luke chapter 4, verse 6 in the wilderness, this is what the devil said to Jesus. 
this is not red letters. This is the scuzz bucket. This is, I can't stand the devil. Uh, in the wilderness, the devil said to Jesus, I will give you this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Boy, what arrogance. What arrogance. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the dominion and the authority back, and he restored his rulership, and then he delegated it and gave it to us. All authority... That's why the Great Commission begins. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus is highlighting the fact that Satan no longer has authority in heaven or on earth. And so when was the last time that, again, we put ourselves in a situation? I know for me, it hasn't been very often recently. I mean, there's times maybe in business where I felt stretched and I'd go to my knees and, God, I need help. And but the reality is, is I lived a life early on where I was taking risks and I was stepping out and I was, I mean, I remember going up in the mountains of Jamaica up to the Maroons, this group of people that I heard that would chase you out with machetes if you weren't invited. And I was going up there and with fear and trembling, but I knew that I knew that I knew that God had called me to go up in the mountains. Uh, and so I went with a Jamaican pastor and we made our way up and we had to drive a certain part and then we had to hike in the last part to get up to this group of people. And this guy comes up to me with a knife and everything like that. And I mean, just, I was kind of living it on the edge and there's not many things that I've done recently that that I need his power and authority I mean I hate to admit it I but I need to place myself because guess what when you're brushing your teeth in the morning you don't need God's power and authority you're just brushing your teeth or you're showering in the morning you don't need his power and authority but again if you're stepping out and you're praying for the sick whoo yeah you need his power and authority you can't do that by yourself we don't even have the the uh power to heal a fly with a headache. So if anybody's healed, it's his power and authority. It's not us. So again, place yourself in a situation where you need God's power and authority, and guess what? You'll see God's power and authority. All right? Well, we're going to end in, uh, yeah, boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on time. Um, with God, all things are possible to those that believe. Amen. So if we want to see God's full power and authority, then uh, we have to uh, uh, be ready to use it also wisely. And uh, the question is, is what are you going to do with it? How many of you have seen the movie Bruce Almighty, okay, with Jim Carrey? Um, and so, again, he thought it would be really cool to be God, and he just went around, you know, zapping things and doing things. Yeah, yeah. Again, the reality is it was kind of a... a you know, kind of a, a mockery because, you know, the reality is, is God is so much bigger than that. But sometimes we think it would be really cool to have all that power and authority. But again, what are you going to do when God gives you his power and authority? Again, is it going to be for selfish motives or is it going to be for God? So will you use his power and do your, uh, your will and purpose or his will and purpose? All right. Well, stand with me. We're going to go ahead and end on time. We have six minutes. Woohoo! And then, of course, we'll have a time of fellowship. I know some people just love to hang out and talk. And uh, I usually am talking until they start flashing the lights, you know. And then, okay, it's time to go.
So don't flash the lights yet. We're, we're finishing. Okay? We're getting ready. So I just wanted to have a time of consecration. Uh, all of us as leaders within the loft have really talked about, we don't want just messages where, oh, that was a nice message, and we go out of here. But it's, it's a matter of, okay, how do I apply this? How do I put it into my life? How do I change? What do I do? What is the response? Is it an altar call? Is it raising your hand? Is it singing kumbaya? Or, you know, whatever it is. But we want to have some type of response to the message. So this is what I felt, because I prayed the same way I prayed about the message. I prayed about how am I supposed to end this. So there's that scripture that says in Isaiah, God, here I am, send me. And so I felt that that was going to be the call of just saying, you know what, we need people. We need people. You might say, well, are we, are we trying to sign people up for children's ministry? Well, maybe. Maybe, yes. Are we trying to sign up people to feed the hungry and to hand out food boxes? Well, yep, maybe. Are we looking for people to help on the worship team and to worship and to talk to Faith about where we're leading on the worship team with her and uh, getting the training? And Maybe, maybe. It just depends. But you have to have a willing heart before you step into anything. You have to be to a point where, God, I just, I just desire to be used of you. I desire to partner with you. I want to build your kingdom. I want to see people's lives changed. I want to see, I want to make a difference in this world. I want to leave this world a better place than I came. I want to do a, a, a life group in my home. I want to be a life group leader. Talk to Pastor Steve. Again, there's so many areas of ministry right here within the church. But guess what? There's also other things that you can do that have nothing to do with the church. Again, I talked about a neighborhood Bible club or handing out cookies or knocking on doors or, or on your job. Or again, instead of looking at it as a stinking sawmill or wherever you work this place that I work, start looking at it as a mission field. Start looking what you're doing as kingdom. And I promise you that your life will change and be transformed by God because you'll begin to see things through God's eyes. And you, he'll begin to show you people the way that they are. One time, I began to pray, Lord, show me your heart. I want to feel what you feel. Whew. I don't know if I should have prayed that. Seriously, I don't know. I mean, I still, it, it, changed, it messed me up for the rest of my life. Because for days, I was crying and weeping and weeping and weeping. The souls, the souls, the souls, the souls of men and women that are dying and lost without me. I love them. The souls, the souls, the souls. And my, it was like my gut was ripped out. I just, I, again, it was, it, was, it was so, I don't know how to describe it. Like I said, I'm, I'm glad that I prayed that prayer and experienced that. But during it, it was like, God, is this the way you feel about people? Is this the way you really feel? That it rips your guts out, that people are lost? So, God, here am I. Send me. First of all, we need to repent. God, I'm sorry for not stepping into your power and authority. God, I'm sorry for not stepping into my destiny because of pride or, or whatever reason. God, I'm sorry for shrinking back from my responsibilities. 
God, I want it all. God, all that you have for me to fulfill your purpose. I can't do it by myself. I need your power. I need your anointing. I need your anointing. I need your power. I need your authority, God. Give me your kingdom. Give me your kingdom authority, and I'll be faithful to do what you've called me to do. I will use the badge and the gun properly. Lord God, we just right now, we set aside this time to consecrate ourselves. Come on, just lift your hands to Jesus and just say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm not going to mess around anymore. I will be about the Father's business. The same way that Jesus, even while he was young, he wasn't lost. His parents took off, but he knew where he was. He said, don't you know that I should be about my father's business? He knew from a very young age his purpose. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and life. Again, many of us have gone through those I am statements. Who are you? Who has God created you to be? What is your purpose? What is your plan? Why are you here on earth? It's not to just take up space and suck air and then one day go into the ground. It's to make a difference. And again, what that looks like for each one of us is different. But first of all, we have to be willing. And so I'm going to do something that was done years ago. This is when I was first called into the ministry. It was Rich Wilkerson, which is the cousin to David Wilkerson, was preaching a sermon. And he was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not bowing down to the things of the world, but standing for Jesus. And he said, at the end of my prayer, if you're not going to bow down, I want you to lift your hand into the air. As soon as I pray and say amen, I want you to lift your hand into the air and say yes. And I remember across this audience of youth, there was probably 2,000 of us. It was really quiet because he made it really tough. He said, look, if you make this commitment, you better, you better stick with it. You better not just namby-pamby, oh, okay, I'm going to do it because everybody else is doing it. It's like, no, you need to know that you know that you know and you're knower that God is calling you to something greater than yourself. And so don't do it unless you're really serious. And so across that audience, all of a sudden over on the side, one person lit, stood up and raised their hand and said, yes. Somebody else over here Yes, pretty soon, yes, 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 yes. And the place just erupted, and everybody just all of a sudden fell on their face before God as we began to just worship him. And as I was worshiping him, I saw this vision of people as far as the eye could see. The best way to describe it, if you've been to the Oregon coast and you look off in the distance as the sun is setting, that's what it looked like, but those were souls. And I began to weep and weep and weep, and God said, these are people that don't know me. These are people that are lost in eternity, and I need somebody to go. And so again, that was when I said yes to Jesus. And again, my call was to pastor and to be a minister uh, of the gospel. And then later on, now I'm a business owner. But I'm going to pray a prayer. And then as I say amen, if you are saying here I am, send me, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll go where you want me to go, I'm going to take this kingdom authority, I'm going to take the badge and the gun, and I'm going to take this world for the kingdom of God, that heaven would come to earth. I'm going to make a difference, I'm going to leave a legacy, I'm going to impact this world for Jesus. Then I want you to just, as soon as I say amen, and you know in your heart that that's you. I want you to just lift your hand to the air as high as you can and as loud as you can. Just say, yes, 
All right? You understand what we're doing. Again, this is no light thing. I believe, again, this is a serious thing. And again, I know that it's a lot of pressure. It's like, well, what if I don't say yes? Well, I wouldn't say, if it was you, if it was me, I wouldn't say yes unless you meant it. Okay? I wouldn't be pressured into anything. I'm not twisting anybody's arm. Okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your power and for your authority that we've been called to make a difference in this world. We know, God, that we can't do what you've called us to do by ourselves. We need you so desperately. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need your power. We need your uh, presence with us. And so, God, I just pray right now that you'd begin to speak to hearts, that out of this service tonight, we would have world changers that are going to make a difference, that this world will never be the same from this night on. And so, God, thank you for what you're doing tonight and what you're doing in our midst Send a revival. Let it start with us. Amen. 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 Maybe right where you're at, or if you need to come down and spend time with the Lord, but maybe put some music on. And If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft, or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.